You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 157 of the Well Woman podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and checking out this episode. Today on the show, I am joined by the beautiful Kelly Moore, once known as Kelly Tennant. She has been a guest on our show already. You can go and check out her previous episode at 130 and it's called Breaking Free from Toxic Lies and Rules. Now, in that episode, we talk all about chronic illness, healing from chronic illness, overcoming toxic lifestyle, sexuality, spirituality, radical responsibility, and lots more. That's a really great foundational episode to go and check out Kelly and learn a little bit more about who she is. But in this particular episode, we are talking about the pregnancy journey. Kelly is on an IVF process journey at the moment, um, and she's also experienced a termination in the past. And this is a really interesting journey for her. And as she's adapted to this IVF process, she shares with us in this episode all about the things that have conflicted with her, have hit her hard, rebooted her system, flattened her, and also helped her blossom. So we chat about abortion. We also talk about the entire process of IVF. We chat about the mental and emotional process of pregnancy. She talks about her journey with birth control and detoxing. We talk a lot about detoxing and creating a clear space in the body and clarity. We talk about healing pregnancy trauma, creating space in your life, embracing silence. And then we wrap it up with some great pre-pregnancy journey tips that Kelly knows and loves herself and that she's encouraging you all to embark on and adapt to. Have you heard? We officially have launched a brand new Well Women Academy. Yep, today's show is sponsored by this new signature membership program, the Well Woman Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, understand ovulation, master menstruation and live cyclically? Well, your menstrual cycle membership is officially here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study things like menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving for your cycle, and so much more. It's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day, each month you'll receive access to over 150 live recorded classes and cycle-specific learning modules across a wide range of formats like written, audio, video, and home study. Not to mention every single membership gives back with menstrual cups to menstruators in need. Thanks to our commitment with the COVID project. Join me and hundreds of women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as together we awaken our cycle, reconnect our bodies and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. Kelly, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Gemma. I loved our first podcast episode together. If you're listening to this and you haven't yet tuned into that, it's episode 130 and it's called Breaking Free from Toxic Lies and Rules with Yourself, Kelly. So (laughs) Kelly, tell us um, right now, what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in as we kick off for the episode? And then tell us a little bit about who you are because I'm sure people are listening to this and have no idea who the hell is Kelly. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, so I think I'm on day nine. Um, my cycle is jacked up because of IVF and hormones. So I think I had a 23 day cycle last month, which was my shortest I've ever had. And it jumped up five days early and I was like, Oh, did not prepare for you. Um, so (laughs) hoping that this month is a little more normal. And, um, what was your second part of your question? I already forgot. (laughs) Who are you? Oh, who am I? Just just to share a little bit about yourself and who you are. Um, you can drop Connor's name in there if you want. Um, before we talk about the journey, I guess, of pregnancy, and we're going to be chatting about all the different little elements to do with that. So I think it's always good for people to know who they're listening to. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So, um, my name is different than last time I was on the show. I'm Kelly Moore. Now I'm a married ass woman. Um, I live in Colorado with my husband and our dogs. I run a production company called Soulfire Productions, and we work on a ton of podcasts in the space. And um, my background, I grew up in Southern California, played volleyball my entire life, was a top level athlete, went to USC. um, And then while I was at USC, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and lived for the next 14 years with that diagnosis. So I was dealing with chronic illness found out I was misdiagnosed 14 years in, um, finally found an Ayurvedic doctor and functional, functional, wow, can't talk functional medicine doctor. And they did all the right testing and said, actually you have Epstein-Barr like real bad. It was just skyrocketing for years. Um, and I also had SIBO and chronic fatigue syndrome and leaky gut, and then the MTHFR genetic mutation. So went on this entire holistic healing journey over the next year and a half. Um, and I healed from everything and I haven't had a chronic illness symptom since then. Um, but that really started, I think my entire awakening, my body awakening, my spiritual awakening, my emotional awakening of just how off my entire life was. And my body had just been a reflection of that for so long. And so I ended up leaving my television career after being there for about 13 years, doing the Lakers and the Dodgers as a host, um, started my podcast, which is a lot about chronic illness and alternative medicine and went through an entire sexual awakening, which we talked about in the last episode, realized Mm -hmm. I was bisexual, you know, started to have a monogamous relationship with my boyfriend at the time and now husband. Um, and here we are, we're about, you know, I think four and a half months we've been married and we've started our IVF journey and looking to get pregnant this year. And so I think that's my life story. (laughs) In a nutshell, that's who I am. Um, no, I love that. And if you haven't listened to that first episode, I strongly encourage you to go back because We have so many things that we both love that are so similar and we just vibe so much on all the things from healing to Ayurveda to ancestral wisdom to tuning into intuition. So if you want a baseline of, I guess, who we are as we talk together, that's a really great episode to do that. But we are exploring the pregnancy journey today. And I think we've already discussed a little bit about what we're going to chat about. But in doing that, we learned that there are so many different aspects around the journey of pregnancy that often people don't even experience, which good for them. Um, but there are so many little things that are often not considered in a pregnancy journey. So tell us a little bit about your pregnancy journey and how you have gotten to this place today where you are in the IVF process. 
Yeah. So when Connor and I first met three years ago on our first date, we you know told each other everything. And one of the things he told me was that he's unable to get someone pregnant naturally because he was born without vas deferens, which I didn't know this until I met him, but there's a tube that takes the sperm out and that's what helps someone get pregnant. Well, he doesn't have that tube. So his spermies cannot get out. So we got to go in and grab them. Um, and so we knew from day one that we would have to do IVF. And so we started this process probably a year, year and a half ago of looking for the best doctor. And we're super fortunate because here in Colorado, we have CCRM, which is one of the like most world renowned fertility clinics and specialists in, in the world. I mean, they're just incredible. Their success rates are super high. And so we just happen to have them down the street. So we started working with them and realized what the whole process was going to look like. And so, um, back in December, I started, um, the hormones. So I started birth control for three weeks and then I went on the injections. Um, so we did his sperm retrieval while I was on hormones. Um, and then I did my egg retrieval at the beginning of January this year. Um, and everything, everything went really well. They got plenty of embryos for us to get pregnant. And so now we're in that in-between stage of did the egg retrieval embryos are created and now they're frozen and we'll wait until we get pregnant later this year. So exciting. Um, I love science. You know, a lot of people think that science has to be, you either have to be all for Western medicine or you have to be all for like, do it for yourself, girl, where I really feel that you can have a great approach to both. And I know that you are very holistic um, in your approach to your life, but then having to use an, um, you know, a method like IVF um, to help support is some people like, oh no, I can't do that. But I think it's beautiful that we have the availability to do it because of science. So thank you, science. Um, But I'm sure this hasn't been as easy as you made it sound. (laughs) Yeah, um, definitely not. (laughs) This has been quite the experience. Um, And I should probably back up because I think a big part of this journey that we were talking about earlier was I've been pregnant before and I got pregnant naturally um, with my last partner. And it was an unexpected pregnancy and ended up in me having an abortion. And that is hard to know that I am fertile and can get pregnant and have been pregnant and now have to go through all of these steps that feel very artificial in a way to conceive a baby with the person that I want to have a child with that we have decided that that's something we want to do and we're ready. And so I really grappled with that for a long time. Um, but I also, I'm just so grateful that there is science for these moments. And I also understand that as much as I do believe in holistic medicine, alternative medicine, and don't love the Western medicine system, I know that there is a time and a place. And that's what my functional medicine doctor has always said to me. He was also, his name is Dr. Lekos. He's based in Los Angeles. And he was also an ER doc uh, when I first started seeing him. And so he would be using life-saving medicine on people while at the same time telling people, don't take aspirin, don't do this, don't do that. Like, let's focus on gut health, you know, whatever it is. And so he really saw both sides of the coin. And I respected that because I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all approach. And I don't think that you can go about things in one way when there are different ways to go about it, different answers, different methods that can be beneficial. That being said, I feel like my entire life was preparing me for IVF because of the amount of drugs that I have put into my system 
and how quickly I was able to detox off of them. I think that a lot of people are spending much of their lives, putting a lot of, you know, bad things into their bodies for whatever the reasons, and they don't know how to clear themselves of that, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, that detox process can be really intense. And I think having had chronic illness, I've had mold, I've had an abortion, I've done all these things. I really feel like I had the tools and the resources. I knew exactly what to do to get this out of my body. And I think I felt like really good after a week, week and a half um, of going through this protocol that I created for myself, knowing what it means to clear myself and knowing how good I can feel. Um, and I also was really amazing at supporting my system the entire time I was on birth control as well as the injections. Um, I think the thing that I didn't realize and the thing that was the hardest was I haven't been on birth control since I was 27. I'm 34. And I had been on hormonal birth control from 15 until 27. And I remember feeling bad on it, but I wasn't awake then. And I wasn't connected to my body. So I think the hardest thing for me was I was awake. I had been connected to my body for years now. I know what it feels like to feel good. And then all of a sudden I wanted to crawl into a hole and die. And I was like, what happened? And I think that it's because I did so much work and that's an amazing thing, but I think it also brings so much more forward when you, and I'm not talking poorly about people who take birth control, but this is my experience. When you become a robot and you're disconnected from your body, which is what birth control did to me, you don't even know what's happening. You don't even realize you're disconnected. You're just like in this matrix of shit is what it really feels like. And then when you come out of that, it's like, oh, there's sun. I see clear. Everything is amazing. And then all of a sudden it's like, just kidding. You're going back to hell. And then you're just sucked back in. It's you finally have a contrast and I didn't have a contrast for most of my life. And now I do. And so it feels so much worse. And so I was suicidal. I saw a knife in the kitchen one night and I was like, I wonder what would happen if I slipped my wrist. Like those are the thoughts I was having. They felt super invasive, super dark. I kept thinking I should divorce Connor. Why am I even married? I don't want babies. We shouldn't have children. It was all these horrible things. And so now I'm able to breathe and I have perspective. And I realized that it's a part of the process of my learning and advocating for myself. And that I also did an amazing job of creating resources and having the tools to release all of that from my body and not have to stay in that mindset. Oh, I love all of that so much. It's kind of when you mentioned about, oh my God, there's the clouds and the sun, clarity, that it's the process from cloudiness to clear. And I think the more we, or anybody, this is for any, any gender, anybody, the more we stick on the process of clarity on a normal day-by-day day basis, when something else comes in, we actually can tr- move through it a lot easier. And I actually feel... I feel like every conversation is about a fucking pandemic. But anyway, let's just talk about that for a moment Um, because it's a great example. The people who were emotionally, mentally, physically triggered by the pandemic were those who couldn't process from clarity, um, cloudiness to clarity very easily. 
And it's the same with what you were saying about, you know, going through um, a termination, going through the process of IVF and having the hormones and then, you know, releasing your body of the hormones because your body is so used to the daily rhythm of living in clarity. When there's cloudiness present, it's like, oh my God, we have to get these robbers out of the house pronto, (laughs) you know, it's like, quick, how do we get them out? And I think a lot of people would maybe listen to this and be like, yeah, that's great for you guys, but that's not really possible for everybody. But it's true. That's what happens. Our body's designed to live in balance and harmony. And when we put something on the body or in the body that changes that harmony, the body's just seeking harmony. So it's just seeking, how do we get back to that that balance point? Um, And I love what you mentioned about birth control because I actually felt very similar to this when I came off the birth control after 12 years, same time frame as you. And I was like, there is an alien inside my body get it the fuck out just get it out I was like I don't know who I am I feel crazy and that's because when you're on the birth control what you said like your life is just numb you're really just plateaued it's kind of like not having much this sounds so bad for those who are on birth control because I know that birth control serves a purpose for a lot of different people including those who are quadriplegics for example so birth control kind of flatlines you. So you don't have the ripple effect of the highs and the lows. You're more like a flatline. So when you stop the birth control, if that's what you choose to do, your body is like, oh my God, where am I high? And where am I low? Where am I left? Where am I right? And that's when you feel like you're crazy. Yeah. It feels like that. It feels like you're on a fucking roller coaster and you Mm. don't know which end is up. And what I also notice is I wasn't able to on it and then coming off of it, differentiate between invasive thoughts and my own thoughts and feelings. It was like, is this mine? Is this not mine? I'm not sure. Right. And then I feel like that's when we succumb to this darkness and go deep into depression because we start believing the stories and the thoughts that are playing in our heads that are not even ours. And it's really scary because you're disconnected from your body. You're disconnected from your intuition, from your knowing. And so then it's just a jumbled mess up there. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know what's up and what's down. So I'm just going to follow this really dark thing that seems to be the answer right now. And it's really hard to get yourself out of that if you don't have the tools and resources. Totally. And that's why it's so important to have a support network. And that support network doesn't have to be your partner. That could be like seeing a great therapist, you know, for me, I know when I was in that dark place after having my own ter- experience with termination, the first person that I actually saw was my sh- like shaman and spiritual healer. You know, I, I also did therapy. <laughs> you know, I saw a beautiful counselor who I love for personal development reasons. Um, you know, and I did a lot of other little personal practices like getting acupuncture and seeing, you know, people around nutrition. But everything can be support if you open yourself up to it. But I'd love to talk about the emotional and mental journey around what you're talking about, because a lot of us don't differentiate the difference between what is it like my bad ego, the dog on the lead that's walking you, that ego saying versus what is my truth? So how did you like what were the things that supported you through that process and how did you or were you able to recognize the differences between the two and what was your experience? Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that you bring up the support network is really where I want to go with this because asking for help and sharing that I was struggling was the most important thing I did. And when I was younger, 
I wasn't really taught to do that. It was be strong. Don't let anyone see you cry. Not that my parents really said those things to me, but that was sort of my own belief system. Um, and I was really hard on myself. I wanted to be perfect and I didn't want people to think that I didn't have my shit together. And I'm so proud of myself because I did an amazing job of asking for help this entire time. I reached out to my closest girlfriends, um, every day pretty much and shared with them what was coming up. And the nice thing about them is they know me so well in, in every way they know my darkest moments and my most amazing moments. And so they're able to reflect back to me that my feelings and experience was valid. I felt extremely seen and held by them, but then they also shared with me that those invasive thoughts and those beliefs and whatever was coming up that was really dark and not me, wasn't me. They would say, I understand that this is how you're feeling. It makes sense that X, Y, Z. But what I want to share with you is that that is not you and it's going to be okay. And we're here for you. And this is not permanent. This is a temporary experience. And you knew this was going to be hard, but you've been preparing for this for so long. And so having those constant words of affirmation and reminders from the people that know me the best was the most important thing. Um, and then also it was an incredible growth experience for Connor and me because he is, he's so sweet. He's such a fixer. So when he can't fix something, he freaks the fuck out and he gets angry. And I'm like, Oh my God, stop yelling at me. (laughs) And This experience with him was so amazing because there was that in the beginning, he was so freaked out and so disturbed by me, which I get, cause I was disturbed by me that he was like getting angry and yelling and was like, I don't know what to do. Like, why are you being like this? And I finally sat him down and we both, I sat in a chair and he sat on a couch and I looked directly at him and I said, look, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm not in my body. I am so detached. This is the scariest experience I've ever had. I need you to hold me. I need you to tell me it's okay. I need you when I'm crying to not be like, why are you crying? What's wrong with you? I need you to know that I don't know why I'm crying. I have no answer for you. So you need to fucking hold me. Like that's all I need. And after that conversation, he was incredible. Like It was the most supportive experience I've ever had. And all it took was me laying it out. This is what I need from you. I'm a psycho right now. I totally get that. You can't fix this or make it better. And neither can I. So here's what you can do. And it changed the whole dynamic. And I feel like now that I'm even off of that, it's changed our dynamic because he realizes, oh, I don't actually have to like fix it. She just literally needs me to hold her or she Mm -hmm. needs me to acknowledge that this is like crazy and I get it. And so that was really powerful. And then I think the other thing, which, you know, everyone do what you do, but when I had chronic illness, people would be like, go on this message board or join this community. You know, it'll really help you. And I went on that shit and it's so negative and so dark. I don't know how you ever pull yourself out of chronic illness when all you're hearing is about how everyone is suffering, right? It just becomes your identity. And then everyone is just trauma bonding. So as I was going through IVF, I knew that. And I realized, okay, I don't really want to share this with a ton of people who have also gone through this process because I know that it's really hard. I know that many people don't get pregnant. I know that there's like a lot of things that go on and I don't want other people's experiences projected on me. 
And so I really created boundaries. So the only person I talked to, um, was a really dear friend of ours. And she told me over and over again, call me when the shit goes down. And I was like, Oh, I'll be fine. I'm so happy. I'm going to be great. And then the shit fucking went down and I was like, okay. And I got her on the phone and she validated every experience I had. She told me that she had the same ones. She didn't project anything on me. She said, I'm here for you. She just listened. And it was so amazing. And I'm so grateful that I had someone who could show up without projecting their experience, but sharing I was valid in what what I was feeling and that I wasn't a crazy person just losing my mind and that I was the only one that was going through this. So I, I really think that the community and the, the circle that I had around me is what allowed me to get to this point so much faster. Community is everything. Everything. I think, I think that's like the summary in everything that you shared, because they, uh, I kind of call it in the coaching sense that your coach is someone who can see that you're in the quicksand and that you're melting. And the coach is like, just take my hand and I will pull you out. You just have to reach for my hand. It doesn't take anything else. And you're like, but I can't find your hand and I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just that the person who's outside of it is the one that can see with more clarity what's actually going on. And that's where reaching to the people who know you the best, you're in a circle. They're like, hang on a second. This is who you really are. And what you're experiencing right now is a direct reflection of what you're going through. And I love what you said that you did with Connor, because sometimes, particularly the masculine um, aspect of the, the man and all masculine energies and animals are about problem solving and fixing. And so when something is wrong and he's like, oh, I need to support you because you're going to be the mother of our child. So how can I support you? He's like, I'll fix it. Yeah. And you're like, but nothing's broken. You don't have to fucking fix anything. This, so I love that. I actually have had to do that with B a couple of times um, in the past when I was having similar experiences after the termination experience, especially around the, the due date, my first experience of the due date, you know, and I was just like a mess. I cried for like two days and he's just like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, can I, like, can I buy something? Can I do something? Do you want me to make dinner? I was like, I just want you to fucking hug me. Yeah. And presence is sometimes the best present to give. I think it's a really good reminder for everyone who's a support person listening to this. Um, just, just turn up and hold space. There is no greater gift. Yes. I agree. like no greater gift. And I think that um, my best friend's currently pregnant at the moment and she's in her third trimester. And even just the other day, she won't mind me saying this, but she literally just messaged me and it was like four 30 in the morning. She's like, can you please just write me a really nice text message? that tells me that I'm really good at I'm, I'm really good at what I do and I'm creative and I can totally master it and the baby's room will come together fine and it's okay if he's working a little bit too much and I don't really like it and that my boobs will be okay after I give birth and that my vagina is going to be okay and I'll have more sex and I was just like okay this is her like needing me you know I'm not fixing anything and I literally at the same time I grabbed out my journal I ripped out two pages of paper Unfortunately, she lives like three or four streets away from me. I wrote in permanent marker all of these things. I put them in a le- um, an envelope and I left them on her front door. And I text her, I was like, check your front door. Um, because sometimes it's just the little things. You just need to be reminded that, oh, actually, I am like this and everything's going to be okay. And it's totally fine if my mind thinks that nothing's possible right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I, it's some t- like when we get in these spirals, I just feel like it's really hard to trust ourselves. 
it's hard to remember our own essence and our own truth because we just like, for me, it just feels like this spiral that I can't escape. And it's just repeating words over and over and over and over. And I went through this when I went through my sexuality and that awakening and going through it with this. And I think that it's such an opportunity to ask for help. And we're not taught to do that. It's, we can't be weak and, oh, don't be a burden to your friends. And, oh, they don't have time for you. And what I've realized is that the more that I ask for help, it gives my friends permission to ask me for help and to show up in ways that they never have before and vice versa. And it's, it's a teaching and a repatterning of the way we have operated, especially as women for so long that I really believe that community and the village and the tribe is literally everything. And at our age at 35 and 34, and we are embarking on whether it's marriage or relationship or children. If you don't have your people around, you're not going to make it. And you may be around and like experiencing life, but are you fulfilled? Are you deeply happy? Do you feel supported? Do you feel seen? Those are all things that are lacking when we're not able to ask for help. And so I think these moments when we're like, my shit is on fire. That's an opportunity for us to remember. We don't have to do this alone. None of it, none of it gets to be alone. We have our people and we get to rely on them. And that is the most powerful. And I I think the greatest strength that we can have for ourselves. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series. This is a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle knowledge and increase cycle confidence. Throughout three live classes, you'll discover understanding your cycle hormones, what they are, how they change throughout the four phases of your monthly cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel. You'll also discover cycle disruptors and what you can do, those things that make you feel a little bit out of whack through your cycle off balance and impact your moods along with your hormones. And then we cover your cycle and natural contraception. Gain a better understanding of contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. A hundred percent. I could not agree anymore with that. Like your, your village is everything. everything. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big village. No. You know, it doesn't have to be a hundred people in the community. It can literally be five people. Um, and this is where quanti- um, quantity does not outweigh quality. Um, and I think that if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to cultivate that, the best place to start is by supporting yourself. Because if you like, that's even just like, you know what, I'm going to book a massage. Or, you know what, I'm just going to close the computer. Or you know what, I'm just going to read a book. I'm going to go spend some time out in nature. That is also support. And when you can actually support yourself, you can support yourself enough to ask for help. Yeah. So thank you for, for sharing on all of that, because I feel that the journey of pregnancy to move through labor and birth is a complete experience that it will, it's a rite of passage, very similar to menarche, your first menstrual experience. And you are completely transitioning that you will no longer be like who you once were. You are the snake who is about to shed and you're going to leave all that dirty old skin behind. Um, So for those, and I'd love to touch back on experiences in the past, such as termination and abortion, how have those things in the past 
influenced or impacted your current experience as you move forward to pregnancy? Is it like more shedding that needs to be done? Is it more awakening? Is it more support? Um, because even for myself, having been through that experience, knowing that I'll have children in, or if I'm blessed to have children in the future, that's what I would like to do, um, that that shit can come up again. Mm. So what's been your experience so far? Yeah. So I feel that for, uh, let me back up. I read this book, Journey of Souls, and it had a really profound effect on me. And what I took from it is um, that our souls choose to have this human experience. We choose the people that we interact with um, in the 3D. We choose our parents all of that because we're learning lessons, right? And I like to think of it and it kind of describes it in the book where we have these like souls that are up in the ethers and they talk and it's like, you know, Connor and I decided, okay, we didn't get to finish this in the last time together. So let's try and be husband and wife again and see how we do this time. And these are the lessons we're going to learn. And this is the life we're going to have. And you know, the babies come in and they're like, you, I'm going to come to you and I'm coming for these reasons. And these are the lessons. And so I really believe that I got pregnant with my ex and that soul chose us on purpose and that there were so many lessons for us to learn from that, that pregnancy and abortion to follow. That was the beginning of my real awakening. That was the catalyst for me because it was so intense, because it was the hardest thing I'd ever have had to do, because it was this really difficult choice that I made and chose, it catapulted me into where I am now. And it also changed my ex. And so I believe that it was such a gift. And I know that not everyone believes this. And maybe some people think that I'm a horrible person for even saying this. And I totally understand um, but this is just how I live my life and how my experience has been. And coming out of that, I felt because I was pregnant with him, I felt so many ties to him. I felt that our souls were so tied and that we had chosen this together. And there was a reason we got pregnant. And there's a reason, you know, we got pregnant two weeks after we had gotten back together after being broken up for months and all these different things, like just so oh, the mind. Like, the stars aligned <laughs> for this soul. And so coming out of that, when Connor and I got together um, and we started talking about getting pregnant, I really felt strongly that I needed to clear whatever it was between my ex and I and heal from what we had gone through and acknowledge it so that I could get pregnant again, because I didn't feel like my womb was clear and I loved my ex so much. And I, I think the world of him and he's an amazing person. I just know that we weren't meant to move forward in that way. And that's okay. But I just didn't feel right about getting pregnant and having a baby with Connor when I still had this lingering energy and connection to him in that way. And so we actually talked last year and it was really, really hard. And it was the most beautiful conversation. And 
we, without getting into detail, it was just a very clearing conversation. It was very much about how much love we had for each other still, and how we deeply just wanted the other person to be happy. And we cleared some miscommunications and misunderstandings from when everything went down that we had never addressed. And I truly felt after that conversation, like, okay, I can move forward. I can get pregnant again. My space is clear. And so I, I feel like addressing the things that we've gone through, whether it's, I mean, even before that it was addressing the sexual trauma that I had gone through and being taken advantage of by men and, um, being put in very vulnerable and uncomfortable positions and having my body used for things. Clearing that was a huge part of this as well. It was taking back ownership and sovereignty of my own body and clearing all of the energy that kept me from myself so that when I get pregnant and calling in this soul and creating this life with him, there is no attachment to anything else. It is a clear new space and foundation so that there is a possibility for all of this to grow rather than, Oh, I got like a cord here, a cord there. I'm connected to this. I'm still bogged down by that. You know, I got this darkness wherever it was like, no, we're clear. We've done the work. It's been acknowledged. We've let it go. We have forgiven. Like I have forgiven anyone who has assaulted me, who has touched me inappropriately. I have forgiven my ex for everything that happened with us, like on down the line, because I don't need to bring that forward with me. That energy doesn't support me in this new experience. So I think that's really been kind of the journey to this moment. So beautiful. It's like clean, clean canvas, clean slate. And they say that anything that you haven't yet dealt with in your life will be dealt with during labor. And um, you really want as clean of canvas as possible for that journey. So I really admire what you've done. And I, even around what you were saying with your ex and the termination, I did that. I actually did that a couple of times already Mm. because it was like three days after the termination. My, My experience was a bit messy um it was very messy actually but um I actually he has a bit of a, a thing where women always treat him bad and he's the victim based on women and so I rang him two or three days after the termination um just because I wanted to clear the space to be like this was not your doing this was my decision I didn't do this to you I'm not doing anything to you this is me doing something for myself And it was really hard to say that, but it felt so clear for me to also do that. And I just was like, I wanted to get it done straight away, you know, because I didn't want his corded energy linked to me like, you did this to me (laughs) kind of thing. I just, no, like I didn't do anything to you. If anyone did anything to, to anybody, it's all the shit that you did to me that I've let go of. So it's really important to address how you feel, but most, and I'm saying most because I'm generalizing the whole population, most people don't have the awareness of how they actually feel to be able to recognize it enough to share that. So if you're listening to this, I think it's a great opportunity to really embrace how do I really feel about that person and how do I really feel about that experience? And does that still pop up in my mind sometimes? Or do I have a nightmare about it occasionally? Or you know, am I being called to talk to someone or write a letter and burn it? Or, you know, you don't even have to call your ex. You can literally write a letter and burn the shit if you don't want to ever speak to them again. So 
Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'd love to talk a little bit about creating clarity and space and using detox as a path of doing that because we start, this is what we started with. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Um, You're so to good create, this, Gemma. <laughs> oh, I try. You know, I'm in a personal development program called Life. <laughs> but um, I just love asking questions and learning. So thank you. Sure. Creating space. How do you create clarity through cloudiness with the process of support through detoxification? And then how do you create that clear canvas? I think that's a great way to like sum up the, the episode. Yeah, this is an amazing question. Um, we can start with detox if you want first, and then we can yeah. create, go to creating the canvas. I mean, so here's the thing, like you can look at detox as green juice and charcoal and whatever. And you can also look at detox as identifying what is no longer serving you or what is toxic in your life that gets to go and that you get to release. And so I really feel like I attack both of these regularly to keep my space clear so that I am not bogged down by other people's bullshit beliefs, patterns, whatever. And then from a body physical level, making sure that I am nourishing myself. And when I do put things like a birth control or an injection in my body, that I am not just detoxing, like get this shit out of me, but I'm supporting myself on top of that. Because what I think happens often is we just want to get rid of everything. So then we almost are malnourished and taking, we're stripping everything out of ourselves and we forget to do things like the bone broth and the juice and, you know, the healthy fats and all of that to, and especially probiotics too. Oh my God, probiotics. Um, I'm just thinking of like gut bacteria. It's like, you want to kill all the bad stuff, but then what happens when you want to build the good gut flora? We have to have probiotics, but we forget that part. We're just so hell bent on get rid of everything that's bad. And it's like, well, what are we doing? That's good. <laughs> like, yeah, get rid of the fucking bitch that is like treating you like shit and has been for years, but also you should probably take a bath or get a massage or ask someone that really cares about you to hug you. Like, how are we not just focusing on the negative and how are we continuing to fill our cups? I'm someone who operated on an empty cup at all times. And I really feel like that's part of why I was sick was the people pleasing and the perfectionism and the constant need to do and achieve. And my cup was empty. And yet I would still like do things for other people. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. You have to fill up your own cup. So all that being said, for me, detoxing looks really simple. I use products like Organifi. I take a lot of mushroom supplements. Um, my friend Mimi, um, she hosts the medicine podcast now. Do you know Mimi? Oh my God. No, but oh my God. she sounds great. You two need to be friends. She is the most incredible. Um, she has a supplement called AHCC and it's a mushroom supplement and it's a blend of all these things. I won't pretend to know everything, but basically it's like the most incredible supplement for your immunity and also for detoxification. Um, and so I just loaded up on that. I take a product called everyday dose, which is, um, another mushroom supplement. It's like a coffee replacement it has a tiny bit of organic coffee in it, but it's mostly, um, it's mostly mushrooms and L-theanine 
and something else I can't think of, but it is like for energy and for supporting your system throughout the day, the most incredible concoction. Um, and then I, you know, I've been on a ton of prenatals and things like that, but vitamin D and, um, what else is there? There's something else that's really important that I'm totally forgetting. Probiotics. Probiotics. Thank you (laughs) again, loading up on probiotics because I know that birth control creates leaky gut and totally messes with your microbiome. So I loaded up on probiotics my entire time to make sure that I was combating that experience. Um, so doing things like that, and then also going in the sauna and not aggressively sauna in every day. Like you don't go in and sit there for an hour every single day for a week and think you're going to feel better. If you do that, you're just going to sweat literally everything in your body out. And then you're going to be dehydrated and feel like crap. So I did a very, um, kind of simple protocol in the sauna. Um, and then also taking baths. I napped, I read books. I didn't work for a month. I really took the space so that I am nourishing my body while also getting rid of toxins, drinking a ton of water so that my body is operating at a high level and releasing at the same time. Um, and then I also had this interesting experience where a lot of the people that were no longer serving me kind of just left my life because I just didn't have the space for it. And I created a container that felt really good. And it was like anything that didn't fit, it was gone. I ended my podcast during that time because it no longer served me and I felt closure with it. So I think going at detoxing and nourishment from a holistic perspective, like all the way around in your life is the best way to go about it. Answer your question. I feel like that was it a does. Answer. No, no, it does. It does definitely answer the question. And it just goes to show that there's so many ways you can detox, like you were saying at the start, that detoxing isn't just drinking wheatgrass or juicing or getting colonics. And anything that is toxic in your life, and toxins can appear in many different ways, not even just physically, is it it's a shedding process. So it's kind of like, okay, the bush out the front, at the front, like fence is getting a bit big let's trim it down and that's detoxing so I actually was thinking whilst you were saying when fill up our cups like we just need to keep filling up our cup and putting ourselves first after we've stripped everything back don't forget to add in I would think of that in like four pillars that I teach which is how are you filling your cup up nutritionally how are you filling your cup up physically how are you filling your cup up emotionally and how are you filling your cup up spiritually and I think if you can try to fill your cup up in one way in each of those areas every day, you're doing a great job. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Um, And you kind of answered both of them together because the other one was like, okay, how can we create space, like a clarity filled space or empty clarity, empty space. Does that even make sense? Um, The void. How do we create the void? (laughs) The void. How do we create um, openness? I think is a good one. Like open clarity um, in a space because that's really what we need for transformation and transition. So apart from like trimming the hedge of your friends, <laughs> getting rid of the, the toxic people in your life, what are some ways that you would suggest at creating more clarity in your space? So that can be physical space. It can be energetic space. Um, what are some things that you've done that have really helped? Yeah. I mean, I think two things really come to mind for me, actually three things. So I think first physically in your space, I love things to be clear and clean and simple. And so a lot of what I was doing while I was actually on the hormones, because I had time, um, I was clearing out 
drawers. I was clearing out closets. I was putting things away. I was hanging things up. I was making everything feel really good for me. And what that's different for everyone. Right. But I really believe that our, our space, our environment around us is a reflection of our internal experience. And so if you've got shit all over the place, if your stuff's not organized, if you haven't unpacked boxes for, from a year ago, after moving into your new place, like whatever it is for you, if your stuff is not in a way that feels supportive to you, that's a reflection of what's happening within you. And so I really like to look at my physical space as a reflection of me. How does it make me feel? My office is my haven. It's where it's white. It has lots of rugs. It has mushroom sheets. It has amazing pillows and, you know, shiny things with feathers and Palo Santo and all of my cards. And it just makes me feel good. The dogs don't come in here to make it all dirty. Like this is my room in the house and it is not fucked up by anybody. And it feels incredible. And I know that when I walk in this room every day, it feels good. And I like things to just be put away in the house. And it just makes me feel clear. I don't have to think about it. I'm not distracted by my space. So I think that's a huge part. I think the other thing is being in the quiet with yourself. God Mm. forbid, God forbid we get quiet. (gasps) No, it is so hard for so many people. And I have been there totally understand, but it is the most important and profound thing that I ever did for myself is not talking on the phone to this person, texting this person, listening to this music, listening to this podcast. No offense. I have podcasts. I run a podcast company. This is a podcast, but like turn it off. Sometimes you don't need to constantly be consuming everyone else's stuff because what happens. And I, I realized this a few years ago and I didn't even notice it is that's all you're hearing. It's like this buzzing of everyone else. Well, Gemma said this, and then Kelly said that, and then my doctor said this, and then my, but my mom told me I had to live like this. And my dad said that this is how you're successful. And da, 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 da. and then by the end of the day, all you've heard is everyone else. And so when do you ever get connected with self? When do you connect with source? When do you learn about intuition within you? No, you're just focusing on everyone else's bullshit. So I'm uh, so on this train with you. Like I can't even remember the last time I listened to a podcast episode personally. And I'm talking like maybe longer than a year since I've listened to a podcast because I just, I like to have space. Like I don't want to go in the garden with the music. Like sometimes I put music on, but often I just like being in the garden, talking to the caterpillars, being like, get the fuck off my tomatoes, do like, like, do like, this is not your zone. Um, same with walking on the beach. You know, sometimes I like to listen to like drumming music, like very, like, I was going to say ethnic, but very um, beat based tribal music. Yeah. And I love that because it just really connects me more with myself. But I also love that feeling of driving in the car with nothing. And I don't do a lot of driving. I work from home. So I'm like always at home. <laughs> but like that silence is just so nice. Mm-hmm. And we could all welcome in more silence. So I love that that point. Sorry, I cut I, you off. No, it's great. I'm so glad you feel the same way. It's like, I remember we moved to this house. We live on a mountain now after living in the city, like my whole life. And I, my nervous system freaked out for about six weeks because it was too quiet and I didn't know what to do. I was like, something's wrong. It's too quiet. I need to do this. 
why is this? Da, da, da. And I Quick, fi- put the music on, fill the void. Yes. And I finally came down and I was like, oh, this is what I've been searching for. This is why I go on vacation and go to the mountains and go to this Airbnb because I've been dying to be in the quiet. And now I, I literally live in it. And so really learning to embrace that. And I go outside and during the summer, play with the dogs and we listen to the birds and that's it. Like that is our experience. And just getting comfortable being in the quiet and listening to yourself and allowing it to be uncomfortable at first and knowing that it's part of the process. Um, and I think the last thing, and this is kind of in the same vein is I got off social media for a month and I, I basically delete it. Um, I'm really only on it maybe twice a week now. And I delete it as soon as I'm done using it. And I don't scroll and I don't look at it. I don't post, I don't take pictures of my food. I don't take selfies. I don't show people what the dogs are doing. I'm pretty much just living my life now. And I've literally never been happier. And I can't believe it because my whole business, my whole life has been online and it's, it's a really scary thing to step back but I truly mean it when I say I've never been happier. i just feel so much more myself. I don't feel like I'm putting on a show for other people. I don't feel like I'm asking for validation. Like, Oh my God, look at my hair, look at my outfit, which is fine. I, I will do it. It's totally great. But like living in that constantly, you can't get out of it. You can't get out of the matrix. And so it's been the best gift I've given to myself and it's actually impacted Connor. He's been deleting it off of his phone. He's been taking more space because he sees how happy I am and how at peace and how present I am in my life. And he's like, damn, I want what she's having. And I'm like, yeah, well, to the party, babe. So those are the things that I would say. I love it. These are fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that sums up everything really well, but to create any kind of clarity, whether it's a journey to pregnancy, whether it's clarity in your relationship, your relationship with yourself, it's really about presence. Yes. I love that. That Yeah. And something I've definitely noticed, the only white noise that I have in my life is Instagram. Um, I have help with Instagram now though. So that's helped a lot. I don't, I'm not in charge of it all the time now, but once you remove a lot of the other stuff, if you really like something and you enjoy the process of it, it makes it more fun and enjoyable than bogging you down and be like, oh my God, I have to do this today. And how do I turn up? And oh my God, I can't, I can't create this because you're just not in the right mood. It just changes so much. And I think also to add to the list, the more t- the time you spend outside in nature, the more you actually become more familiar with your own nature. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love this. I love having our conversations. Um, so thank you so much for joining us again for another episode to sum it all up. I'd love to hear, um, what are three or five, three to five tips that you would give to someone who is embarking on their own pregnancy journey? Yeah. I think, um, be honest with yourself and your partner about what you need. Um, be comfortable in creating space for yourself and showing yourself grace in that process. Um, let go of things that no longer serve you and that you don't feel you need to take forward with you and really nourish your inner child because the way you parent, and I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but this is how I feel about it is the way that you parent is a reflection of how you are with your own inner child. 
And if you do your own work and you show your own inner child kindness and you release things and you let go of whatever trauma has come forward and all of those things, I think that we, we will all be better parents because of that. And yeah, that's what I would say. That's how I, feel. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And I couldn't agree more like the, the more fun you can have before you have kids means the more fun you can just naturally surrender and be whilst being a parent. And that's the same, even if you're an auntie or an uncle, yeah. you know, or a guardian, like it's exactly the same. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. I have one final podcast question for you, but before we go there, knowing that you're on Instagram a little bit, what are the best places and ways that people can find you to learn a little bit more about what it is that you do and who you are? Yeah. So I'm at Kelly T Moore, um, on Instagram. And then our website for Soulfire is soulfireproductionsco.com. Um, I think those are the two places my website's being redone right now. So I don't even know what the new .com <laughs> is going to be. We'll see. <laughs> Everything will be in the show notes. So, so yeah. be sure to head over there at wilson.com forward slash podcast. And you can check it all out. So final podcast question. I normally ask the question about what is it that you wish that you knew when you were, you know, starting to menstruate that you now know today. So because you've already answered that question in your previous episode, the question I have for you today is what are three things that are really serving you today in your menstrual cycle? Oh, um, you're like, shit, we haven't been talking about this at all. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. Um, serving me in my menstrual cycle. I think cutting back on alcohol has played a huge role in my menstruation and the regularity, um, of it and letting go of a lot of the really bad cramps and PMS and stuff like that, I think was very impacted by the amount of alcohol I was drinking. Um, I think taking baths is the best thing I can do for myself. Um, when, before I start bleeding and while I'm bleeding, um, I just feel so peaceful in the bath. And it's just, again, quiet space just for me. No one's asking me for anything. I'm not having to do something for someone that's me time. And then I think just going to bed early, I got in the habit and maybe this is just a hormone thing in general, but I got in the habit while I was on hormones of just going to bed at like seven or seven 30 at night, which I mean, I sound like such an old lady, but it really helped my sleep. And I like to, I'm a morning person. I like to be up early. And so I was getting plenty of sleep. And I, I just felt like at the end of the day, if I'm taking baths and I'm going to sleep early and I'm doing things that feel really good, my entire cycle and my bleeding experience is so much better. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding. It's, it's a night and day when I'm doing these, those things versus when I'm not a hundred percent. It's like, your sleep will, the rhythm and cycle of your sleep, your circadian rhythm impacts your menstrual cycle rhythm. So, you know, all our rhythms and there's multiple different cycles in the body or cyclical natures in the body and they impact each other. So of course, sleep. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for everything today. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Just so many beautiful take-homes around journeying, progression, releasing, accepting, surrendering, all of the things. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Loved having you on the show. Thank you. I adore you. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? 
Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 